Black Friday Golden Gable deals are here at Lowe's. Shop the best deals of the year on DeWalt tools, tough enough to take on even the most demanding jobs. Buy one 20-volt max four-tool combo kit. Get two bare tools free, like a reciprocating saw and circular saw. This deal is up to a $438 value. Find your Golden Gable deals now, because Lowe's knows deals. Valid through 12-6. While supplies last, selection varies by location. The home of the Rivs, the sports hub. Zappi, over play, throws to left. Henry in the end zone, makes the catch, dives in. Touchdown, Patriots. Three touchdowns by number four tonight. Bailey Zappi has come to play, baby. You may have your quarterback right now for the rest of the year. Case closed. What a throw on the streak to, to Hunter Henry on the left boundary. Play fake strong. And he just throws a dime to Hunter Henry on the outstretch. What a catch. Great throw. A Two dart to Smith-Schuster. A dime to Hunter Henry. His second touchdown grab of the day. The third touchdown pass for Bailey Zappi. All right, back here on the Shaws and Star Market Patriots post-game show. It's Joe Murray and Alex Barth. Check out all his work at 98.5thesportshub.com. And the player that delivered the freight. Presented by Freight Plus, the fastest-growing private company in Massachusetts, providing fully customized Fortune 500 freight solutions to shippers throughout New England. That's been going on for over 35 years. Visit FreightPlus.io. That's FreightPlus.io. Alex, we are joined by Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal, who is in Pittsburgh. What was the atmosphere like, and were the were the boos on the field very as loud as they were there? Oh, was he... I'm, Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I just Greg Bernard. How are you, sir? I'm sorry, I got cut off there. How are you doing tonight? <laughs> it's uh, it's good. How are you guys? So I I see Leroy taking off the night game. I see how it goes. But we'll we'll take Barth. Barth Barth's the zappy of this uh, outfit. So I'm, I'm having a good night then. I guess. Thank you, Greg. Uh, I guess let's let's start there. What'd you think of Bailey's happy tonight? Well, I mean, you know, look, he was uh, he was terrific in the first half. I mean, you know, like I always say, it'll be interesting to watch the film. I I thought that. Um, and, and this is not to take anything away from him because, you know, he, he made plays. I do think, you know, the first big play that Juju Smith Schuster, uh, in Bailey even admitted it was underthrown and, and Juju made a tremendous catch to, to, to make that, you know, tough physical catch of an underthrown ball was tremendous. But I mean, his, his two touchdowns to Hunter Henry were absolutely perfectly, uh, placed, um, great catches by Hunter, especially, um, the second one, the pump and go to go up 23, 21 to three. Um, you know, that ball's on a line and him to him to catch that over his head and stick his hands up. That's, that's an amazing catch by Hunter Henry, but you know, perfectly thrown Bailey got it right in the hole right before the safety got there. Um, I thought, you know, there was a third and three where he sort of stepped up and drilled it to Juju. I thought was another big play. Um, so, you know, he was doing, he, he did a great job. Um, he came in with a lot of confidence. He looked well prepared. Uh, you know, watching this game, you know, w- once we got into the game, you know, I, I just it dawned on me. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. You know, McDaniel's and O'Brien. You know, take out Matt Patricia because they played them last year. But McDaniel's and and O'Brien, they know the special sauce against this defense. And, and I thought, I thought the Steelers came out uninspired. They looked uh, confused in a lot of places. Um, before the snap, and I thought there were, a, I thought Billy O'Brien did a really nice job of 
you know, spinning the dial. And, you know, there were a lot of openings for Bailey. It seemed like in the second half, the Steelers, rightfully so, because they played like dog crap in the first half. It looks like they sort of went for broke, played a lot more tight man coverage than they normally do after the Patriots exposed them in the first half. And I, I didn't think that there was a whole lot of places for Bailey to go, you know, with the ball in the second half. And so, you know, I, I thought I thought Bailey was, you know, really good. Not, not as good as second half, obviously um, a lot to learn from, which I, I assume he'll do going forward. Do you feel that they changed their game plan in the second half based off the Steelers, more guys in the box? Do you think that they changed their game plan or the Steelers took away what they were trying to do? I think it was a little bit of both, Joe. I think that um, I think at, at one point the Patriots were playing the scoreboard. And, and look, anybody who was watching that game and watched Miss Trubisky, um, you know, and, and the the sort of hamburger he was making out of play in the quarterback position, I mean, he, boy, that guy is awful. I mean, he is he is horrendous. When he's not late with a ball, he's making a bad decision, he's throwing balls up. Like, I mean, he was – he was horrendous, and I think that, you know, going up 21-3, I think that Bill Belichick, anybody watching with eyes, are like, there is no way if we make them drive the field for the rest of the game that Mitch Trubisky is going to put up three touchdowns. There's just no way. And so I think that the Patriots uh, really managed the, the, the scoreboard in the second half, which I'm sure you had an issue with. Uh, you wanted Bailey Zappi to – to, to eat, but I do think there was the Patriots sort of overall reverted back to who they are um, with, you know, they come out in the second half, they pick up 16 yards on the first play, and then Connor McDermott gets a holding penalty, and that, that kills that drive. I mean, this is the stuff that we've been seeing for two years. Um, and then, you know, Bailey throws the interception on the second possession, and at that point, Bill probably got a little bit tight and told O'Brien to rein it in a little bit. So, you know, I, I I don't I don't look at the second half and think, well, that's just Bailey Zappi being Bailey Zappi. He just reverted back. He was hot in the first half. I don't view it that way. I think there were a lot of circumstances, just like you know his hot start. I think there were circumstances that that enabled some of that to happen. And in the second half, I think there were circumstances that dictated you know he he wasn't quite as efficient in the second half. You did mention managing the clock in the second half, and it certainly looked like the Patriots were doing that. After the game, Bill Belichick said that they just kind of executed their game plan, and you know, there's no difference being up seven down seven. You're gonna you're gonna run your game plan. How different in your mind was the offense? Do you think that maybe the plan all along was to kind of give Zappy a couple shots early and shut it down? Um, you know, good question. Um. I think it was just, you know, I think they were presented with things. I thought, you know, O'Brien had a really good plan. And like I said, these guys who have been here for a while, the McDaniels, the O'Briens, they kill the Steelers. I mean, some the Steelers were doing some of their old school, like, zone blitz stuff, and, and the Patriots were just picking it apart. I remember one where it was either safety or linebacker, it's hard to tell with the numbers these days, you know, came from distance, um, you know, as they rushed three, and he came as the fourth rusher, so it was a zone blitz or zone exchange. And I think they hit Juju Smith-Schuster over the middle for like 30 yards. And and that's just knowing what the defense is going to do, knowing their tendencies and taking advantage of it. Um, but, you know, I do think that they wanted to try to come out and be a little bit aggressive. I think that was definitely part of the plan. Um, 
you know, I think that the Patriots also benefited by, you know, TJ Watt was sort of in and out for at least the first quarter. And of course, Alex Highsmith goes out for the balance of the game. That changes a lot uh, for the Steelers defense. But I, I do think they wanted to come out and, and be a little bit aggressive, get a lead. I think that was the aim. Like, let's get a lead on these guys and, and you know, make Trubisky play from behind. I think that was part of the game plan. Real quick, because we are kind of up against it, but you mentioned mm-hmm. the the Patriots, the, the offense seemed to be ready for everything that was being thrown at them defensively, and a couple of the reporters in Pittsburgh were noting instances where the Patriots were calling for plays, uh, the Patriots' defense were calling for plays that the Steelers were going to run, and kind of what we saw teams do to the Patriots last year. How much did the coaching mismatch play into the result, and was this the best coached game by the Patriots this season? Oh, I, I, you know, I think it was a big factor, you know, without question. I thought O'Brien had the upper hand on uh, the Steelers' defense, and I thought that uh, the Patriots' defensive coaches, I think, you know, when you get – they've had such an issue at offensive coordinator. I mean, you know, firing Matt Canada and right. putting, you know, two guys in charge. I think, you know, they're limited in what they can do. They've been limited all season, and so I think that plays into an experienced veteran group like the Patriots. All right, we'll talk with Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal. Uh, we'll get your thoughts on the defense as well. A couple of big plays uh, tonight and some turnovers. And one wide receiver played pretty well. Uh, we'll get your thoughts on that. Alex Barth is here. Check him out, 98.5thesportsup.com. More with Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal. I'm Joe Murray here on the Safety Insurance, 98.5 The Sports of Patriots Radio Network. The only place to hear the game, the Sports Hub. Third down and nine for the Patriots from the Steeler 25. Zappy steps Coming forward right. to identify the protections. He motions Kasicki from the right, a bunch there. He drops back, the pocket squeezing down. Zappy rolls Go. left, running room to the first down marker. Angling out of bounds at the Steeler 13. Cobb Cole collected in the pocket. He reads man coverage. Outstanding job. Once you recognize it's man, Patriots in that trip sponge, short motion by Kaseki, and Zappi scoots out that backside. He knew they were in coverage, and there was a lot of space to the left. Good scamper to pick up the first. All right, this is the Shaw's and Star Market Patriots postgame show, and tonight's rushing update brought to you by your New England Ford dealers who invite you to take advantage of year-end offers in their entire lineup during their holidays. Bright sales event. Alex Barth's here from 98.5 thesportsup.com. We're joined yep. by Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal. I'm Joe Murray. Now, what was the stat that you uh, pulled up during the break there, Alex, that you'd like to share with uh, Greg? So, unofficially, 140 yards from scrimmage for Ezekiel Elliott tonight. For uh, That's the most by Patriots player in a single game this season. He's just it's the fourth time a player's gone over 100 yards from, yards from scrimmage for the Patriots this year, Ramondre Stevenson had the previous three. So I, I think a throwback effort from Ezekiel Elliott tonight and a complete effort from Ezekiel Elliott tonight. Greg, curious what you thought. I, I agree. To me, he was my number one star from this game just because of the the load that he carried. I mean, in terms of, you know, it it might not look by, like much in the box score where he had, you know, 22 carries for 68 yards, a 3.1 average. But those were a lot of almost always very tough Yards that he picked up, very important yards, uh, sort of body blows to the Steelers' defense. And then, you know, his ability in the pass game, uh, you know, he, he's always been, you know, pretty good at that. Um, he's had some issues in pass pro, um, especially last week. Um, the Steelers didn't really test that a whole lot. They're not a very 
big blitzing team at most they do you know zone exchanges and things like that but um you know i thought i thought it was huge i mean you know he had what'd you say 140 total yards in the game 140 yards yeah 29 touches he led the team in targets and receptions averaged 10 10.3 yards per reception um you know it was huge i think that was an element of the game plan with you know the the problems that the Steelers were having at linebacker, um, and and they were well documented during the telecast tonight. But uh, you know I thought that was a way that they they looked to take advantage, get some easy yards for for Zappy. I think they they did a good job of you know hitting sort of some horizontal stuff, and then that allowed them to go up top with some vertical things. So it was I thought it was a very well balanced game plan and Zeke without much of a ba- backup. I'm not even sure if Kevin Harris played in this game. Um, he didn't record a touch. He, he was, played it. He he didn't uh, have any stats. Yeah. And so, you know, he, uh, that's a big load. And so he did a great job. Uh, what'd you think of the, when the inactives came out and they had three wide receivers, I thought it was going to be a tough night for them, but Juju Smith Schuster, four catches, 90 yards. You mentioned the 37 yarder early on. Uh, I don't know if it was because he was going against the Steelers, but this was the first time he looked healthy all year. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, he was obviously productive, which he hasn't been all year. So, um, you know, that was that was certainly good to see from Juju. I mean, you know, they really only have had, you know, they had, you know, Smith-Schuster and Thornton in terms of guys that have, you know, been here for a while for the duration, not like, you know, Jalen Rager or somebody like that. So you figured that it would be, uh, a little bit more tight end heavy and it you know it was for Hunter Henry um you know obviously he had three huge catches the two touchdowns and he had another very tough third down conversion nothing for Mike Gesicki again um but I did see him out there a lot but um yeah it was good to see Juju uh, finally give him something what in your mind I wanted to ask you about Hunter Henry what what is different for him obviously they're missing receivers, but is there anything else? You know, he's kind of looked banged up throughout the season. He hasn't been overly productive. Did you notice anything schematically different with him tonight, or was just a matter of they had to throw the ball to somebody and there just weren't that many people available? I think, uh, you know, I think you're right. I do think he's been, he's been dealing with some nagging stuff um, all year. I don't notice a huge difference in him on film from, you know, even the Hunter Henry that we saw a couple years ago, maybe has he lost a little bit of a step? Maybe, you know, to me, I think, you know, a lot of the issues with, you know, whether it's Hunter Henry down the field or the receivers down the field, for me, the the issue for the vast majority of the season <clears throat> has been the lack of consistent uh, pass blocking up front. Like, you know, it's, there's hardly, there's hardly been any consistency at all. And, and that's, that's tough to, you know, not allow a quarterback to, to get through their progressions. And we saw, you know, a few times today, if not, you know, I thought that was a big key for Zappi's big first half is that I thought the protection was, you know, really good in the first half, a lot better than probably most people, including me anticipated coming into the game. And, you know, so, I mean, that's a huge key in this offense and, and how they do it is, you know, you got to, the, the quarterback has to feel protected and they have to have the ability to get through their reads quickly. And I thought, you know, for one of the few times this season, uh, the, a Patriots quarterback was able to do that. All right, let's uh, take a couple of calls here, Greg, and people are staying up late with us. Uh, let's start with Brian. He's in Houston. What's going on, Brian? Hey, um, I'm just calling. Barth made a comment earlier about how the defensive players um, make comments about, like, how the offensive 
has been kind of been struggling and how they kind of picked him up a little bit. Um, I was looking at it at a different angle. <clears throat> what There's a report out of Bill having a say in, like, the offense and how it's been so bad lately. But, like, I was wondering, did Robert maybe go to him and say, like, hey, let's let's give Billy O a little bit of, a like, a chance and do his thing? Because, like, the first half they played, like, really well and kind of, like, let the rings off a little bit. And then once the lead got, like, a little bit, like, 21 to 3, it seemed like Bill kind of put his hand back into it, and they played a little more conservative, and they kind of turned stale. Um, I mean, it was a good win and everything, but, like, my question is, like, did it seem like Bill's ego kind of, like, got into it with like in, like, the second thanks, half? Thanks, and- thanks, Brian. appreciate you. Uh, do you think Bill uh, O'Brien – do you think the owner got involved, and do you think Bill uh, O'Brien opened it up a little more this week? Um. So as to, you know, the, his first comment sort of about, you know, Belichick imposing his <clears throat> his beliefs on, you know, Billy O'Brien. I mean, you know, people in the, the, the building have, you know, told me that's at least what they think. They think that they, there's been cons- some constraints on, on O'Brien. As far as craft, like, you know, getting involved in something like that, um, you know, it, it might surprise some people because I know there are plenty of talk shows who talk about this, but like, Robert really doesn't do that. Like, and, and plus, you know, Bill does not give him the time of day on that stuff or basically at all. And, and so, you know, he just, Robert will just ask questions, um, you know, but I don't think he's, I don't think he went into uh, Belichick this week and said like, you know, I heard you got the handcuffs O'Brien. It's time to take them off. Like, let's, let's be a little bit more exciting like that. That just doesn't go on. All right, thank you. Yeah, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad that you you cleared that up for everybody. Uh, let's talk to Doug. He's in Manchester. What's up, Doug? Hey, hey, how you doing, guys? I uh, hey, I went to the Bruins game tonight. It was the first time I've ever been to a Bruins game. Cool. <laughs> yeah, they lost. <laughs> how about you? Go, yeah, you go to you go to a Bruins game. They lose. You don't watch the Patriots and they win. That's how about, tough, Doug? Who would have thought that? Who would have Who would have bet that? Uh, tonight. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of bets, by the way, we should probably mention this. Uh, this was one of the lowest totals uh, in in years. The lowest in thirty years is what they were saying. And uh, that thing went over in the first half. So uh, for anybody who took the under, uh, well, the books certainly cleaned up. Um, I do want to get your thoughts coming up in a little bit here, Greg, just on what happened with the Steelers' offense tonight. It was uh, it, it was absolutely putrid. Uh, no matter how bad we think the, the Patriots offense has been this year. Um, so we'll, uh, I do want to ask you about that coming up in a bit. And we'll continue to take calls at 617-779-0985. Alex Barth is here. Uh, he's from 98.5thesportsup.com. Greg Bedard, I'm sure he'll have his three ups and three downs over at the Boston Sports Journal as well. And we'll get into that uh, Steelers offense and the Patriots defense as well as we're here uh, for a while tonight actually we're going to be here for about another hour or so we're staying up late with you uh so again we'll uh pause 10 seconds for station id and then we'll get you the uh, sports hub headlines we'll tell you the score in the uh, of course that bruins game that we mentioned and then the in-season tournament in the nba so we'll get all that in sports hub headlines but first let's pause 10 seconds for station id here on the safety insurance 98.5 the sports hub patriots radio network Felger and Maz, afternoons 2 to 6 on the Sports Hub. Zappi backs out of the 
formation into the shotgun set. Takes the snap from Andrews. Stands in. Throws a high lob deep down the left side for Juju Smith-Schuster. And he makes the catch. An over-the-shoulder throw with Smith-Schuster adjusting to make the grab. Climbing Fitzpatrick and hauling it in. Back in Pittsburgh at the Steeler. 26-yard line. It's a hell of a catch by by Juju here. Now, Bailey had to throw it when he threw it because of the pressure. He put a nice arc on this ball, but there's two guys back here. He splits the coverage, climbs the back of it. That's a 37-yard gain early here. Back here at the Shaw's and Star Market, Patriots post-game show. Alex Barth, Joe Murray, and Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal. And with 19 completions by the Patriots today, Kesha's Law donates another $1,900, which brings the Kesha's for college season total right now to 27500 The Kesha's Care Scholarship ensures financial hurdles will not prevent students from pursuing their dreams. Alex and I were just talking about the Army-Navy game, uh, which is this weekend. And I, Bill Belichick was announced as the guest picker this week uh, on college game day, which is a big deal, I'm can't sure. Wait. I can't wait. It, him it, and Corso, man. It's going to be great. Him and Corso, yeah, it's going to be great. But uh, what what was the motivation this week, Greg, in your opinion? Was it defense calling out the offense? Was it the Steelers and they know them and they're a playoff team and we can win this game? What was the motivation this week and why did it look so good early on? The motivation this week to, to win this game? Is that what you're? I, I'm asking. Or, this team seemed motivated more than I than I and then other games. They definitely came up. They were up for this one. Uh, it's a good question. I mean, I you know I don't know. I mean, I you know, covering you know football players for a while. I've covered some bad teams, and and um, you know, I think being on prime time, even if it's on Amazon Prime, uh. You know, it's a big deal. You're in front of the league. That often has a lot to do with it. Um, the rest of the league is watching these games, so those guys know that and and act accordingly. But I don't, I don't really. I I think a lot of it is, you know, these guys sort of feed off um, success. And you know, when you go go down the field in you know 75 plays in less than four minutes and you score a touchdown, like that changes a lot of things. If you come out and you go three and out with two negative plays or the quarterback throws a pick, you know, things kind of drag. I think they just – I think it was mostly they got off to a good start. Uh, they could see that the Steelers were challenged in a lot of ways, and they, they smelled blood in the water and, and, you know, kept going after it. Greg, we talked a lot about the offense. I want to talk to you about the defense and specifically two players, Christian Barmore. Another half a sack tonight, blew up a couple of run plays. Jabril Peppers had the interception, made some other physical plays and coverage. They look like they've been not just the two best players on the defense, but the two best players on this team as a whole all season. Both will be eligible for contract extensions this offseason. Just your thought on their play tonight and kind of what their play this season means moving forward as they continue to play well. Yeah, I thought I thought Christian, again, did you know an excellent job. He's been on a heater for about, I don't know, six, seven, eight weeks. Um, he got off to another slow start this season, uh, but – you know, he's really come on. I mean, you know, every week I think he's pretty much after watching the film, he's been my number one player on the Patriots, if not, you know, certainly in the top three. And he's just been, he's been tremendous. We've seen real growth from him uh, in the running game, um, how he's held up against double teams, gotten off blocks, 
made tackles. Saw more of that tonight. Uh, Peppers is more of the, you know, uh, he's more of the emotional leader of this team. I think they sort of feed off him. His hitting ability speaks for itself. Um, you know, he he's hit and miss, you know, when he when he's put in the deep safety position, um, probably a little bit more of a hit than, than Kyle Duggar. But, you know, this, this team, um, you know, that's another position that they've sort of neglected, the free safety position, and it's made guys – you know, play a little bit outside of, uh, you know, perhaps what's better for them. So, you know, he's he's done a nice job. Um, there's no question he shows up every game. Um, he, he, you know, anytime we talk to him after the game, he's uh, he's certainly consumed by the game. And uh, I think the, the guys feed off him on defense. Uh, so let me ask you this then again, just kind of looking forwards. You mentioned that neither guy, Duggar or Peppers, has – really fit at free safety and I, I agree with you on that free safety is going to be one of their needs this offseason it may be a little more understated but I think it is a, a, a need does Peppers play kind of change the conversation around Kyle Duggar where maybe instead of bringing him back those resources go towards finding a true free safety a true I don't want to say replacement for Devin McCourty but a guy to plug more traditionally into that role uh you know you would think so uh Alex, but I mean, you know, with every question about next season, it's like, okay, well, who's running the team? Who's picking the players? Yeah. Because you know if it's Bill Belichick, he wants both guys back. Right. And he doesn't really give a crap about, you know, what position they are, and he'll tell us that's overrated, and our safeties play both spots, and, you know, yada, yada, yada. But, um, you know, I, I, you know, look, if you're asking me, you know, what I would do, um, and, and what's going to be interesting is that um, – you know, I think I was just looking at uh, Jabril Pepper's contract history, and you know he made most of his money as a uh, as a I think he was a first round pick, or he was definitely a high pick. Yeah, he was a first round uh, pick. Most, yeah, and so he he made most of his money uh, early on in this career, and he's now, you know, I think he's like ten, eleven years in this league now, and so this might be the first opportunity that he gets really gets a chance to be a former free agent. I mean, when the Patriots picked him up, he was coming off an injury, um, you know, hadn't really put much on film. Nobody really knew what to make of him after the Browns and the Giants. And so this is his first bite at the apple. If you're asking me, what I would do is I I would have traded Kyle Duggar if they could have gotten anything for at the deadline because I'm letting him leave because I I don't – there's certainly upside there, but – you know, he's not, he's not an old rookie. I mean, he's not a young rookie. He's like 27 going to be 28 years right. old. And he hasn't, it hasn't clicked for him yet where I know peppers will fill that role. You know, I I'd rather have peppers as a strong safety, you know, map it seems like they want him at safety, but he's had a lot of issues this year, but yeah, I'm looking for the free safety. I'm keeping peppers and, and probably letting, uh, letting Kyle Duggar go. On the other side of things, I thought it was another rough game for J.C. Jackson. He gets And they were ticky-tack calls, but he gets flagged for a couple of P.I. calls. He got beat once as well. What Can you, like, pin down, or, or do you, what have you seen that he's not able to play at that level that he was his first stop here? Is it just physically he's not the same player, or have you noticed maybe his approach being different coming back from L.A.? Physically, I think he's... I think he's very similar to the same player. The, the the issue with him, and it's always sort of been there, is his discipline and preparation and things like that. You know, you can see him. He, 
you know, his sometimes his concentration lapses. And, you know, for example, the, the pass that Quentin Johnson, Johnson dropped last week. Um, first of all, it shouldn't have been that close. Johnson started jogging halfway across the field. I mean, Jackson just was not paying attention. And Johnson went across the field. He has plays like that. Um, you know, he, he just you just wonder where the execution is. You wonder how much is he watching film? He guesses a lot. He gets overly physical. I thought all those penalties today against the Patriots, I thought they were all legitimate um, and, and, you know, called for the flag. And he, you know, he had, he had terrible issues, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago in past coverage. He was better last week. Um, this was a struggle, you know, a couple fouls, you know, that gave up a touchdown. Uh, he just, he guesses way too much for a guy with that much talent and this that much time in the league. He guesses way too much. He needs to be more of a student to really be a top flight cornerback in this league. All right, he's Greg Bedard, Boston Sports Journal. Uh, we'll continue to ask. We got to get into the Steelers and what they did, and then look ahead to the Chiefs, who are on deck. I've already looked it up. It's uh, ten point underdogs still. So uh, we'll see. What Zappy. Happens. Versus Mahomes, I know it should have been. It's like could have been Monday Murray's night. Like could have been Monday night football, right? Seriously, hey, hey, now, now now it's Sunday at one o'clock. But... The, the the budding rivalry of the AFC, right? <laughs> they, I know, right? <laughs> the matchup, Zappy Mahomes, <laughs> same uh, same company there. All right, uh, we'll have more with Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal coming up next here on the Safety Insurance ninety eight five The Sports of Patriots Radio Network, the home of the bees, the Sports Hub. Cool. We'll snap it back to Trubisky with Warren to his right. Two receivers on either side. The snap is back, chest high. Duggar comes on a blitz. Trubisky throws down the middle, yeah. picked off by Peppers. Go. On the right side, 30, 25, 20. Right sideline, 15. A cut left to the 10. And Jabril has the forward progress stop at the 11. What? What a call defensively. They show blitz to the right. They bell out from the right. They send Bryant on the blitz from the corner. He was on pickets. And Trubisky just throws a duck backside. Panic throw. We've seen that panic throw before. And good for Jabril Peppers, who's been playing his ass off for how many weeks now. Gets one right there. And you're in the zone again. you got to punch his head. All right, back here on the Shaws and Star Market Patriots postgame show. Defender of the game presented by 128 Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electric, the company that finishes every job strong. Let them defend your home from any plumbing, heating, cooling, or electrical issues. When your home can't wait, call 128. Visit call128.com. Alex Barth, series from 98.5thesports.com. Greg Bedard is from the Boston Sports Journal as well. And, uh, Greg, I, the Steelers' offense was was awful. Mitch Trubisky was not good at all, but can you explain to me what happened in that final drive on the third down and then on the fourth down going downfield? It's just like I, I they fired their play caller. I, I don't even know who was calling the plays tonight, but wow, what an awful offensive. Uh, you don't want to talk about bad offensive coordinators. That thing was bad at the end. Yeah, I didn't understand um... – you know, a, a couple different things. I mean, you know, look, when when I think of Trubisky, I think of, A, how terrible of a passing quarterback he is. Uh, but, B, you know, this guy's a really good athlete, and, and he can run. And, you know, why not use more of a, you know, I probably would have run on third down and gotten the game to the two-minute warning, and then if you didn't make it, then you had the whole two-minute warning to figure out, like, what you're going to do on fourth down because they didn't have any timeouts left because – 
Tomlin was burning him like a jackass the whole second half, like, you know, taking it to like not going for it, then taking a timeout, then going for it or putting on the punt. Like, it was just like, boy, he had a, he had a really rough game and you know, why not on third down? Why not a run the ball or B have some sort of run pass option on top of it, where if you get a certain look, then you know, Trubisky just, you know, takes it outside or something like that. Military families and retirees, you have a choice to make for TRICARE open season. Choose U.S. Family Health Plan. You get the full TRICARE Prime benefit plus extras like chiropractic care and eyewear discounts at no extra cost. Choose from a large network of civilian doctors and hospitals throughout southern New England. Learn more at usfamilyhealth.org. That's usfamilyhealth.org. U.S. Family Health Plan. We keep Tricare simple. Um, and then you know the same sort of thing on fourth down. Like, why isn't there some sort of you know roll them out? They didn't. I don't really remember them rolling them out very much. I probably forget. But um, I, I feel the same way. They really, if there were any, they were forgettable. Yeah, and you know why not? You know, a little sprint right option or something like that. And it, what I thought was really curious about their approach in this game. And sometimes I watch. I watched the opponent and the approach they take against the Patriots. And I wonder uh, how much film they watch or how good they are watching film, because it seemed like everything was on the perimeter against the Patriots. There were a lot of like quick passes out to the outside or sideline shot play. And I know that's been part of the Steelers offense, you know, forever. Cause I can remember big Ben, anytime they got cover one or, you know, bump and run man coverage, he would just throw a goal route all the time down the sideline. But to me, when I watch the Patriots' defense on film, they struggle big time over the middle, whether it's their linebackers and passing lanes, their their safeties like we talked about. Like, I would be trying to put Kyle Duggar, especially Jabril Peppers, in sort of binds all the time with over and under routes and just picking them apart. And you never saw that out of them. So, yeah, they are a complete mess on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, maybe I need to rethink – some of my criticism of the Patriots because now that I've seen the Steelers, um, maybe I should be a little bit more gentler and kinder towards that as well. So one thing on the edge, you, you mentioned they had no success on the edge. They never adjusted out of, they kept trying to run that stretch run is mostly to the right side. They may have run it once to the mm-hmm. left, but wanting to, and I get it, Darnell Washington's basically a, a, a tackle at tight end, but he just couldn't block Anthony Jennings tonight. And they kept, trying to run that outside zone, that stretch run behind him, and it, it was the same result every single time. Jennings just – Washington couldn't couldn't get in front of him at all. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, I, Washington was a guy I loved in the draft for the, yeah, me too. for the Patriots, you know, perfect sort of prototype. But, you know, if the guy can't block the edge, the guy can't block the edge, so don't right. put him out there. And, and if you know one thing about the Patriots' defense, you know they're going to have guys that can set the edge. And, you know, whether it's – uh, you know, Dietrich Wise out there or Keon White or Anthony Jennings, you know, like Josh Uche ain't out there very much. Why? Because he can't set the edge and you can't put him up against the Darnell Washington. That's a matchup he would win. But to put that kid in that situation, it's just a losing battle and, you know, a really poor decision by whoever is coordinating that offense. Alabama over Georgia. I watched it for three hours on Saturday and watched it again here tonight. If we're going to talk about the Steelers' mismanagement on offense, though, Greg, I got to ask you about, uh, you know, maybe in a tribute to Army-Navy, the tight, the fullback throwing Oof. a pass to the tight end in the red zone. What would you make of that one? That was um, 
that was unexpected. I mean, to do it like, look, I understand the play call, and it might have worked, but in that much of a confined space, like who, what? That that makes no sense. You don't run that play. I think it was even. I think the ball was even on the short side of the yeah, field. Yeah, they they ran it to the boundary side uh, to the uh, to the uh, yeah boundary side. Yeah, and 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 you're you know you're you're in first and goal. Like that's a compressed area, and you're asking some guy who never throws the ball. It, it reminded me a little bit of um, what was the play I just saw? It, it must have been on Sunday or Monday night. Was it? Oh, it was the Bengals game when. They had the receiver throw across the field, and he threw, I think, a pick six oh, or something uh, like that. Tyler Boyd. Yeah. Tyler Boyd, yeah. Yeah. It was basically like that kind of play. And, yeah, I I, I don't know. I don't know what I wa- just watched with the Steelers offense. That was um, that was something. If you're the Patriots, you say, you know, thank you, and uh, hopefully we'll see you soon. Uh, just I wanted to just mention something about special teams. Um, they really are a special kind of bad. It, 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 so bad. it almost cost him in just what is it like it's been like this for so long schooler just seems to always be involved in it and the Steelers I think you know, ended up bailing the Patriots out of one of them but man they really are a certain kind of special yeah I mean you know you had the punt block with Ty Montgomery which apparently that's really the only reason he's on this roster is to is for special teams um, along with a bunch of other people and you know Thank goodness they cl- they they claimed another special teams linebacker today who will be, you know, on the roster this week. So that's fun to look forward to. But um, yeah, I mean Brendan Schooler. I remember earlier in the game, like you see this a lot. Like he argues all the time. Like he's like Matthew Slater. He's been in the league for like ten years. I don't know who this guy thinks he is. And look, he's a good player. I understand, but. You know, you ain't Michael Jordan. You're not getting any calls. Like, just shut up. And then he he loses his mind. This is not the first time he's gotten a dumb personal foul penalty. Like, he gets way too hyped up. And don't even get me started on Bryce Berenger. Because, you know, yes, the kid has a big leg and he occasionally launches like a 70-yard punt. But a vast majority of the time, he's choking. Like, way too many touchbacks. He had a punt, I think, out of bounds to the 26-yard line. Like, he is... He, he's another part of the puzzle where this team has just, you know, fallen off from where they've been in the past where, you know, you, yeah, their special teams to me, their special teams are horrible and every week they're horrible. I, I just, uh, back to the Steelers offense real quick. I want to ask you this. Fans are chanting for, for Mason Rudolph. Could Mason Rudolph have been worse than Mitchell Trubisky? Or are you surprised the Steelers didn't make a quarterback change? Uh, I was just looking at um, Tomlin's, transcript and I guess he was asked about that and he quickly shut it down and said no he didn't consider it I mean I I know Mason Rudolph's bad um, but he can't be any worse than than Mitch Trubisky I mean you know he 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 looks like he was going to crap himself out there every time he went back to pass he had no clue what was going to happen he he saw he was reacting to the rush like it was you know, as bad as some, it was as bad as some of Mac Jones's worst moments and probably worse, you know, over an extended period of time. I mean, you know, if the Patriots just would have played smart, not turned the ball over, you know, punted inside the 15 yard line all game, you know, there's no way that 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 game's even close. That's what I can't. It, it, when I got to the end of the game, my reaction was I, I'm surprised it, the Patriots didn't win in a blowout. And then I was equally surprised that the Steelers didn't tie the game or win the game at the end. I don't know how to to conflate those two things, but 
that's the way I ended up feeling at the end. All right, Greg, I got one more for you. I asked Alex this earlier, um, so I wanted to get your opinion on it. But taking the early lead and then playing defense, uh, the Patriots won playing that style tonight, but is that sustainable in today's NFL? Well, I mean, I think you have to try every week, especially the way you're constituted as a team. I mean, you have to look at the way you've you know built your team, and we know it's on on defense and apparently special teams, which hasn't gone well, as we just talked about. But I think, you know, the, the Patriots are um, not a team, not an offense that's built to come from behind, you know, unless they're down like two or three scores with like five minutes left. That's when they're sort of at their best, or at least they were under Mac Jones. But I think, you know, the, the Chiefs come in. The Chiefs have a tendency to start really slow and, and, and not be very good for a half. You know, I think, you know, the Raiders were up big on them and then they came back and, you know, it's the same sort of thing with the chiefs. Like you just have to be ready for a run, but the, the Patriots, you can't play from behind against Patrick Mahomes. You, you have to try to put as much pressure on him and his receivers as much as possible. Chris Jones, that guy's a scary man. I, yep. I, I'm, I, I've, I've already looked at the, the line. I, I would take the chiefs. Now it's 10. Um, although the Patriots won today and Zappi looked good, uh, they're going to play a real defense next week that's coming off of uh, a Buffalo, and I think we uh, see the similar results, unless this defense is for real, right? How about Jelani Tavai today with 14 tackles? And, and look, they've had good plans against Mahomes in the past. You're right. They, yep. He hasn't had the – he's been good, but they haven't had the, he hasn't had the same success against them he has against the league as a whole. Right, and you just have to take care of Kelsey, who is not – you know, 100% Travis Kelsey, you take Kelsey away from Mahomes and, you know, he's going to have a tough time. Uh, you know, they do have a good offensive line. They can run the ball a bit with Pacheco. But, you know, I think you know, the Steelers, I mean, the, the Chiefs are not running away from anybody. By the way, one thing I wanted to bring up with you guys, did you, and, and I figured we'd get into more of a zappy discussion um, considering, you know, Joe's stance and all that. But did you hear the the anecdote that Carly Hartung uh, related during the game where she said uh, that even after he got cut and he signed back on the practice squad, he, the very next day he told his offensive college offensive coordinator, he said, trust me, I've got this. Eventually I'll be the starter. Yeah, we actually, I I brought that up earlier. I I think that's the kind of thing where people who are saying, well, why didn't they go to Zappi all along? I would point to that and say, I don't think the Bailey Zappi we're seeing now, we would have seen week one or even maybe it, the beginning of October. I think he's put in tremendous work. He's gotten a lot better since he got cut at the end of camp. The the player he was today, he wasn't that player this summer at all. And in that story, I think connects a lot of dots just in terms of he understood how much he needed to grow uh, based off what happened this summer. Or he knew Mac Jones. I took, yeah. I, I took that as he thinks Mac Jones is crap. He thought Mac Jones was going to crap himself this year and he was going to be ready. And eventually it was going to happen. I just, it was another example of like, you know, Bailey Zappi. I'm just like, man, this kid's got some balls and maybe that's, you know, his superpower. Um, but, you know, I, I think that as far as I'm sure a lot of the discussion this week will be like, well, why didn't they do this sooner? I mean, to me, I, I don't really and, – and I made this case going into the Colts game. I, it, you know, I Mac had graded out for me negative for a while. And, you know, the Bills game, the fourth quarter specifically, because I don't think he was good in the first three quarters, that fourth quarter threw a monkey wrench in. But to me, he should have been benched after the Colts game. And, you know, Zappi should have started after the bye 
against the Giants and the Chargers. I mean, I don't know if it would have changed very much, but, you know, I came out of that game saying it's over for Mac Jones. He's broken, and that they ran him out and started him uh, one more time. Was that the Giants game? Yeah. You know, I I just think that was – I think that was a poor decision. The other stuff I'm sure we'll get into in Felger and Maz, but um, I just don't – it was hard to make the case for Bailey this summer because I just didn't – I think it was there for him if he lit the world on fire. He just didn't do that. He ended up getting cut. That That's the whole story. He had how many opportunities to take the job, and he didn't. And yep. tonight was the first time he, he, he rang the bell. And uh, here they are now. Uh, they got another win, so they're still holding the uh, number two pick in the draft, but we'll see how the weekend shapes up. And you mentioned Felger and Maz, so you got a couple of days, look at some film, and get ready. Uh, I believe you're on with them next Tuesday. Is that correct? That's correct. All right. Well, I'm sure Greg will have a ton of work over at the Boston Sports Journal. Check it all out there. Greg, thank you for staying up late with us tonight. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. All right. He's Greg Bedard, Boston Sports Journal. Check out all his work there. That does a great job. And uh, no one's, you know what? I will say this. People thought I was going to walk in here like Vince McMahon today. I, I was ready for it. I won't lie. When Zappy threw that pass to Hunter Henry, I'm like, Joe's going to be on one <laughs> he's I was, gonna be on a heater i was sitting down uh throughout the whole entire night so you know i but i feel i feel that you myself greg it was a nice night for bailey zappy he took the opportunity made some really good throws very confident the team played behind him where was this all year but, again, I think we're realistic that next week they're going to see one of the better defenses in football, and it's probably a different story. And I think for any young quarterback, look, two games is, is two games. It's not that large of a sample size, and I don't mean this to knock or, or pump them up. You have one bad game against a bad defense. You have one good game against a good defense for Bailey Zappi. It's all about consistency. The quarterback position, consistency such an underrated trait. Can he build any of that consistency? You don't want a guy that's – wildly ranging back and I'm not saying Zappy will be constantly back and forth like this his whole career but it's can he give you another performance like this and then another one after that and that's really the big thing you're looking for him at this point can he give you any sort of consistency all right we'll get a look at the headlines here and that's myself and Alex Barth for the next 40 minutes or so with you and if you want to if you're up 617-779-0985 we'll get a look at the sports of headlines now <laughs> 